0: Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Hey, all you geoholics out there. This is Nick Smolovsky with another Bad Elf Tech Minute um, coming to you from uh, Jake's Labs. And I want to talk to you about a couple upcoming events. If you are interested in the uh, Bad Elf technologies and GPS, uh, Bad Elf will be presenting uh, three different uh, presentations with end users and clients of theirs um, during these Connect Me virtual conferences. These are free to the public. Um, If you are interested, the the first one will be on September 3rd, and it will be focusing on uh, power line utility management and high uh, high accuracy GNSS. Uh, September 10th will be the second one. It'll be focusing on um, asset management and GNSS. And the third one on September 23rd uh, will then be focusing on um, drones, um, ground control, and the democratization of GPS uh, with, you know, high accuracy data collection. Uh, Again, this is through Connect Me, uh, me with the double lowercase i, you can do a Google search for that, find Badelf on one of our social media platforms and you can uh, sign up for free. These are 45 minute presentations. We will be hosting with some Badelf partners, uh, specifically BPG Designs, a local Phoenix utility company, Uh, EMS, which is Engineering Mapping Solutions, another local company, um, and third, uh, like I said, with bad elf. So if you guys need some things to, uh, learn and, and connect and network with, check out connect me. Uh, this is your bad elf tech minute for the day. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at Nick. That's N I K at bad elf.com. Love to hear from me. Thanks everybody.
1: Yeah. the prince of darkness <laughs>
2: bringing it in also known as big shoots <laughs> oh no 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 I, i've never bit the head off a bat caused a worldwide uh, pandemic or anything like that. Uh,
1: welcome, everybody, to episode 48 of the Geaholics, also known as the... We're going to go with Jacob deGrom on this one
2: uh, as a homer with my Mets hat on. Did a little research on my man, Jake. Uh, did not go drafted out of high school. What? Went to college as a shortstop. Oh, my God. 2010 draft, ninth round, 272nd overall. Three-time All-Star, 15, 18, and 19 all mlb first team in 2019 two-time cy young award winner back to back working on number three right now uh (laughs) 2018 era leader in major league baseball last year 2019 nl strikeout leader most consecutive strikeouts to start out a game with eight uh he's currently 2-0 1.93 era and the most impressive thing i found out about him he has a record 30 straight starts, allowing three runs or fewer, which is, the, you know, I'm glad he's on my team. He took a f- team-friendly deal, but oh. also to go with the 48, I got to mention, an uh, honorable mention, oh. Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Oh, Seven-Time yeah, yeah, NASCAR yeah, yeah. champion. This is his last full season, full-time season. Yeah, so that's true. He'll, he'll have to fill in for the he's other retiring, guys. He's retiring, right? Yes. That's
1: unbelievable. But he's, he's an older guy. He's got, like, old. young kids. Yeah, he's got like gray hair and his beard like me. I know, I I got it on my
2: head, not my beard though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, one thing, so Jacob de does he have a nickname? No.
2: DeGrominator is it Something, something like, like, that? like that Yeah and
1: Just think of how good he could be If he was on a really good team Oh Jesus God That guy would be like Cy Young winner I, he, every he,
2: year He Yeah The team He won it with what Being 9 and 8 one year yeah. Which is ridiculous yeah. And all the writers Throwing a fit But yeah. No he's just that dominant that, yep. Unbelievable and, and the best part is He did not win a Cy Young Until he cut his hair and now he's won two in a row, working on three. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So there must be something to that head of lettuce slowing him down.
1: Well, we got one of our guests tonight has a head of lettuce. (laughs) 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 All right, everybody, join uh, the Geoholics fan club, Uh, make a $25 contribution to the Geoholics GoFundMe account and receive a -a one-of-a-kind fan pack. That now includes the OG T-shirt, wristband, sticker, koozie, And temporary tattoos. And I had a genius idea. It only makes sense that we have pint glasses made. And It just says the geoholics on there. Easy enough. So we're going to make that happen. Um, Yeah. So do us a favor also, before I get too far into this, we have a YouTube channel now. And it's our goal to get 100 subscribers because then we get a URL. And... Jake says that's really important, so that is our goal. So, everybody, please take 30 <laughs> seconds and subscribe to the Geoholics YouTube channel.
2: I think I was number one subscriber, to be honest really? with you. Really? No, that was so. me. No, I think I got it. Uh, we'll have to check the tapes. Uh, we'll have to go back.
1: Boys, boys. That open number, of course, is uh, our, our good friend, Ozzy Osbourne. The name of the song is Crazy Train. Ozzy, of course, is an... English singer, songwriter, and television personality, also known as, like I mentioned, the Prince of Darkness, started out in Black Sabbath until 1979, at which time he was kicked out of the band for a number of reasons. And he embarked—good choice, good an choice on the band there. Incredibly successful solo career, releasing twelve studio albums, and has total album sales of over a hundred million. Of course, he's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a member of um the uk music hall of fame as well and as you mentioned previously um (laughs) legend has it he has also bitten the head off of a dove during a meeting with his record label and uh, a bat during a mm. show in, I think it was like Des Moines, Iowa or something.
2: That sounds about right. The Nothing else going on there. The heartland
1: of America. <laughs> all right. Quick shout out to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Uh, you can find them at bad-elf.com. And they are successfully developing high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. Thanks to Dr. Nick Smolowski and uh And the team, and uh, for Nick's Bad Alf Tech Minute that he takes the time to record for us each and every week. So, uh, yeah, check him out, bad-alf.com.
2: And mentioning uh, Heads of Lettuce, that guy's working on one right now. Mm. We also have Land Surveyors United, the largest global community of geomatics professionals on the Internet with 17,000 members. Justin Farrow has made a heck of a website. Go check it out. Take five minutes. Become a member. Landsurveyorsunited.com.
1: Yep, and you know what? We now have more downloads than he has members. Yes. <laughs> it only it's took monumental. A year. It took a year, but it's we got him. We got him, exactly. <laughs> All right, LiDAR News, the virtual home of the LiDAR industry. They strive to provide their readers and sponsors with the most current information about 3D laser scanning, LiDAR, unmanned aerial systems, and photogrammetry. The LiDAR News team focuses on the application of technology to solve 3D problems. Find them at LiDARNews.com.
2: And if you want to learn more to have an education involving all of this, go to Parkland College. They have a land survey program in Champaign, Illinois. Two schedule options, which provide opportunities to both traditional and working adults to achieve a certificate or associate's degree in land surveying. You can find out more about them at parkland.edu slash surveying.
1: That was good, shoots. Thank you. I've Very practiced. well done. My goodness. Uh, UniFly, <laughs> U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O. That's their website. Scott Ohana and his team have developed a one-stop UAV shop. That's all you need to know. Check out the How We Work link at, like I said, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow. A-E-R-O. A-E-R-O. We can't forget that one. K E I O U.
2: (laughs) And then we got Diamondback Land Surveying, Mr. Trent Keenan, popular man right now. I keep hearing his name all over the place. They're specializing in residential, commercial, and public works projects. Corporate office is located in Las Vegas, but he is licensed to work all across the West. Also proud sponsor and brand ambassador of Get Kids Into Survey. Uh, You can find both of them at diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsintosurvey.com.
1: Two really class acts right there. Uh, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc. You can find them at agsgps.com. They have unbeatable deals on new and used equipment, equipment rentals and supplies. In fact, if you go to agsgps.com forward slash shop and use the promo code GEO15, you will save 15% off all regular priced field supplies, accessories, and safety equipment. They also rent... SHERP ATVs. I know we mentioned that before. I bring it up again because I just saw a video on YouTube with the SHERP in it, and the title of the video was, If You Can Get It Stuck, It's Yours.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a challenge yeah. right there. Those things we're, are freaking awesome. Oh, man. Now we got busy weekend plans already. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Supplies, a newer... Friend of the program, the surveying, and construction and engineering superstore with over 15,000 products featuring top brands such as Leica, Topcon, Spectra, and much more. Tiger will get you the equipment you need to get the job done right. Another promo code. I feel like we're making the big time here. Yes, Geo15 will give you 15% off any Adair Pro item including tripods, bipods, prisms, prism poles, flagging tape, survey markers, and much more. Also, don't forget to check out their YouTube page, but not until you like and subscribe ours first.
1: And last but not least, there's still room for more friends of the program, just (laughs) FYI. (laughs) Cyanic automation, developing new ways to collect daily work records and timesheets in the field, which is always convenient. Automate invoicing, search jobs by legal addresses, stuff like that. Just trying to make your job easier. Check out JobBook by going to their website, getjobbook.com, to see how they are solving operational problems to make your business life easier. Also tell them you heard about it on the geoholics and they too will give you 20 percent off their first year subscription tell them big shoot sent you <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> uh we're camped out here in uh pj's uh beat lab studio a little bit a little bit different setup tonight we're a little more formal since we have a in-studio guest uh which is nice but pj as usual thank you for allowing us to be here this is fantastic of uh, course, great to have you here.
2: Man's a gracious host. <coughs> he
1: is. I'm double fisting it. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, Those are drinks. He's talking about people. Yeah, let's let's catch, <laughs> let's catch up with the boys a little bit. Uh, PJ, what's up, man? Doing
3: really good, guys. Um, not a whole lot to report. I want to echo the uh, YouTube. Um, subscribers. I think we're up a check today. We're up to about 45 subscribers, so we're getting close to halfway there. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. Um, at 100, yep, we get our, our unique URL so we'll be able to grab youtube.com slash thegeaholics. Right now, it's just a bunch of numbers and letters, so we need to get our uni- unique um, URL. So if you haven't, go check that out. Um, we've got a couple videos up so far over the past two episodes um, and they're really great and it's nice to see the video component um, put a face to the I guess the voice of it. Yeah. So, um, other than that, uh, went out of town this past weekend, beat the heat a little bit. That was nice. Haven't been, haven't left the the state in a while, so that was that was a good time. But glad to be back here and
1: recording another episode. Yep, great job on the uh, on the the YouTube videos. That, yeah, that looks they look freaking fantastic. awesome. Yeah. I got to tell you. Yeah, having a lot of
3: fun with those. That's nice. Uh, edit the the audio takes. It's quick. You can just export it. It's a relatively small file, but the video stuff, especially when you're talking HD, there's hours that go into it to render it, but wow. it's a lot of fun.
1: And the graphic looks great. Everything looks fantastic.
2: I, I believe my direct quote to you guys was, this shit looks professional. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, as, as some of you may know that follow us on uh, different social media stuff, I... Had a big one this weekend, boys. Turned 35, feeling every bit of it. I feel like every muscle in my body was sore on Sunday, and I didn't do anything on Saturday. I was say, that you would must have had a good that. night Saturday. No, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I ate too much. I ate like pizza and wings and then I felt sick. And then the next day I was like, ow, everything hurts. So I guess that's what 35 is right now then
1: it (laughs) hasn't gone away you are a 35 year old and a (laughs) 70 year old body yeah absolutely and you have the soul of like a 80 year old yeah
2: well (laughs) i'm just working my way up there uh i'm just trying to be prepared for the body to catch Uh. up with the mind and the and the the wisdom (laughs) no it was it was a good day just uh literally what are you gonna do these days, I wasn't gonna, you know, go to Denver or something like that. Like somebody yeah, t- itching to no get out of the state, yeah. No, no. but now I just hung out, had a good time with the family. Like I said, parents had us over for dinner. I ate way too
1: much, and uh, nice. now it's back to the grind. Nice, what nice. about you, Kent? Oh, uh, the uh, the lovely Megan and I went up to uh, Pine, Arizona. I this past saw, weekend? Uh, the, that brewery or whatever? That brewery up there. And I mean, we've looked up there for probably two years to try to find a place. I'd love to have a little weekend cabin up there. Mm-hmm. And I think we actually found one. So Uh-oh. I'm pretty excited about that. We're, uh, we're moving forward slowly, trying to uh, work through some of the particulars. But um, this time next week, I might have some really good news. Are you looking for investors, like a timeshare kind of thing? Uh, no, it's just a Kent share. Oh,
2: I was going to say, you can just get Jake in on yeah. this easily. He would sign up uh, tomorrow.
1: Are you giving out weekend passes for this there's place? There will be some arrangements made, yes. Ah,
2: the Geoholics pad.
1: Exactly. Is it, exactly.
2: is it, is it child-friendly and Marvin-friendly? Yes, is, there is
3: there a there's, studio there? There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's we, space for a studio. It'd
1: be an outdoor studio because the weather's still nice. I mean, that might not even. be a bad idea coming up in the winter. Exactly. Even better. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, and then the other thing that I was turned on to by a new co-worker, um, Bobby Ortiz, and the only reason I'm going to mention his name is because now I'm going to know if he actually listens or not. <laughs> uh, um, he turned me on to Marble Olympics. On YouTube. Okay. Have you guys heard of this? Very familiar with it. (laughs) You are? Yeah. No way. We
3: used to play around with those when we were kids. Are you serious? Yeah. You're talking about the pre-recorded videos and they got different kind of marbles and you got to bet them. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. And there's real gambling on those too. (laughs) Real gambling oh on the live ones, not the recorded your, ones. Is
1: your bookie in on this or no? I don't know. We got Boo better ask him. I,
3: oh man, I we, just, we should get one of those sets and do it live. It's the the geoholics are sets? gonna be. Yeah, it's just like a. It's a
2: toy. It's a kid's game. Dude, oh my god! You don't think I have a ton of those at home right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's marble run is what they call it. We have a whole bunch of them.
1: Oh my god! Ever since I watched the first video like last night, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Obviously, it's at my level. You mentioned kids' games.
2: I will steal uh, Hudson's toys and bring them for the future. (laughs) Fantastic. That's awesome.
1: All right. Let's get on with this. Uh, First of all, the Safety Apparel Safety Share. Uh, Matthew Stansberry has developed the best safety vest on the planet. I'll actually be making a purchase from from him in the very near future. Uh, The party chief, obviously. And you can check him out at safetyapparel.us. Uh, real quick safety share this week traffic control and protection. And the only reason I'm bringing this up, I know we, we've touched on it before, but I was driving through a uh, construction site not too far from my house and Oh, my God. I don't know how these guys got away with doing what they were doing. But as far as traffic control goes, I don't know how somebody didn't die out there. It was, it was awful. In the middle of the street awful. and everything? Oh, God. Yeah. it wasn't surveyors. I mean, these are contractors doing, like, some paving work or infrastructure work or something like that. But it was the worst I had ever seen.
2: Uh, well, I texted you today. I saw a guy's yeah, exactly. surveyor on the side of the road. He had his truck yep. just parked. No, he didn't even have like lights or anything. He was just out there with his equipment, no yep. safety vest or anything, just working away. Yeah. I won't
1: mention any company names or anything scary. like that, but scary stuff going on out there.
2: Know, if you're in Gilbert, pay attention.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And if you're like it, it, whether you're in Arizona or wherever you're listening from, I mean, I know they have services like that. For example, we have a company called, and I've mentioned it, AZ Traffic Services. Free plug. Don't get used to it. So these guys basically broker off-duty police officers to provide traffic control for people working in public right away. And it's reasonable, it's like 40 bucks an hour, you know? Um, So there's no excuse to be out there without some sort of protection. Um, And and really, it boils down to building the value of safety to your clients as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you try to incorporate, say, an extra 200 bucks in your proposal for traffic control and they balk at that, you know, you got to ask yourself: Is this who I really want to be working for? You yeah. know,
2: they don't value you exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're yep. just looking at dollars over you. Yeah, yep. a the whole
1: commodity thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, just again, situational awareness. Um, you know, just my opinion, I guess, more than anything. But when I saw that on that in that construction zone, I was like, "This is this is ridiculous!" It was awful. All right, let's get on with this. We have uh, we have two guests with us this evening to talk about a really cool project that they both have had involvement with. I think uh, our listeners are going to find this very, very interesting. So I'm actually going to let them introduce themselves. So first of all, we have, uh, we have Nathan Gardner. So Nate, if you would, just say your name again, I guess. The company you work for and uh, your most favorite food in the world.
4: <laughs> wow. Okay. So Nate Gardner, and I work for Wilson & Company. I'm the survey manager for, uh, for Arizona. And my most favorite food, probably barbecue. I'd have to go with barbecue. Here. And there's different, I know there's different kinds of barbecue. Yep. Uh, so my favorite barbecue place is actually Jack Stack in Kansas City. Jack Stack. Very familiar. With it. oh, oh, it's geez, all about it. Geez. Did you see that face light you up? You <laughs> knew he was going to chime <laughs> in on that. <laughs>
1: uh all right i love barbecue i could definitely live on barbecue and we also have aaron michelenko aaron if you'd introduce yourself real quick tell us uh, who you work for obviously yourself but you, the <laughs> listeners don't know that you can and, just tell
2: us your favorite food it doesn't have to be your most favorite <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you uh so aaron michelenko owner of DBE surveying and uh uh, I'd say my favorite food that I my go to. That's what I'm going with here, is just the pizza. Give like, me a pepperoni yes, pizza, yes. dang kind of guy. But if it's good, that's you know that's what I'm going for. So, um,
2: Chicago or New York style. Uh,
1: careful, New York, careful.
5: New York. I definitely. Yes. Oh. <laughs> there was a place in Seattle my dad would take me to that was on the 40th some floor of this crazy building when I was like five years old. I had this New York pizza that I will never ever taste again. Wow. I remember. I'm
1: uh, New
5: York only
2: because of that. It's, they got me. Because that Chicago stuff's not pizza; it's a pie. At that I heard. Point. I
1: heard a lot of people consider it casserole. Exactly, that's what it is. <laughs> kind of ticks me off. It's a calzone. Calzone. All right, Jake. How about you, man? Who? What's your? Uh, what's your most favourite food
3: ever?
2: <sighs> oh, it hurts my soul.
3: I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm gonna go basic, just with a nice Chick fil A sandwich. Maybe that's just what I want, like right wow. now.
1: But that, <laughs> that is a that, that's a staple gun. A staple gun. Simple man shoots.
2: Uh, hot dogs. Hot dogs. And any possible way you can make them, yeah. I'll take them. Teds. Uh, I don't like them. Like they like chop it up there and everything. That I'm not. Weird. But I'll still eat it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like I like it boiled. And there's a place in Maine, flows hot dogs. I've told told people about these all over the place. They're the best hot dogs in the world. It's this little tar paper shack on the side of Route 1 and I dream about those little bastards all the time. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? You said uh, pizza, right? That's, that's, I mean, honestly, it'd like, be hard what, what, for what's me. What's the topping,
1: though, of choice? Um,
3: or toppings?
1: Yeah. like I like uh, like, like Gino, Gino's East in Chicago. Illuminati's not a good one. Well, Illuminati's here in Arizona. Absolutely no question. But uh, Gino's East, it's interesting. You know, of course, it's the casserole pizza. And it literally has a layer of sausage on the top. Mm-hmm. Not just like chunks of sausage. It's a layer of sausage. And like they just lay
2: it out. Yes. That sounds... Yes. All right. Let's go to Chicago. It's pretty
1: amazing. It's pretty amazing. All right. so All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now that we got, now that we're all hungry, woo!
1: <laughs> Let's get into this. So, um, just a little bit, of in, little intro. These guys recently, there was, gosh, I don't know, about two, three weeks ago, there was a uh, an accident here in Tempe, Arizona, where a uh, a train essentially, I guess, derailed for lack of better term. Um, there's a bridge that goes over Tempe Town Lake. I'm trying to paint this picture so people can understand it. And on the south side of the lake the the bridge failed or gave way and a number of cars you know came off the tracks fell in you know fell down onto the onto the um the ground fortunately it happened just past the water and both these guys had involvement with surveying that uh that accident after the fact so we're going to get into that just a little bit but i do want to get just really quick you know we're still dealing with the pandemic um nate i know uh you're still staying busy and everything but what four months ago we had this conversation with a group and i'm just curious what your take is you know currently how is how, how is COVID affecting you know your your workflow in general
4: so in general uh, in the beginning it it actually seemed to speed up it seemed like people were mm. really trying to get more stuff done mm-hmm. and since then it it uh it's slowed down i've noticed at least in our sure. in the markets that we're in uh some of the projects have been put on hold um, yep. Just kind of indefinite hold. They're not canceling projects, but they're putting them on hold. And other ones are just taking longer to to come out. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm seeing. It you know, right now we're still doing all right. We're still staying busy, but it's definitely not as busy as it was when everything first hit.
1: Yeah, right, right. How about you, Aaron? Are you seeing the same thing?
5: Yeah, definitely same thing. I mean, we the proposals are way, way down. Uh, the revenue from what we're seeing of actual wins is. is it stayed pretty steady, but because everybody's so slow with having to watch kids and not having the, the you know, the hours available, it actually works kind of hand in hand with everyone staying busy, but it's not like the onslaught that we saw in November and December of just, you know, go, go, go. It is it's right. definitely 180 from what it was. It's a, you know, and proposals for me is the, the one factor when I see a zillion proposals coming out, mm-hmm. you know, we know. It's
2: kind of like
1: right. Right. And I've, I mean, now it's like the perfect storm. We have a pandemic and it's an election year here in about three months or mm-hmm. so, you know, we've got that coming. I mean, do you think, do you think um, after the election, things might kind of rebound? I mean, of course, depending on how the election goes, and we don't need to get into that, but Let's depending see. on how the election goes, could have an effect on how quickly, you know, our our, our projects rebound. What do you think about that, Aaron?
5: You know, I guess it's, uh, you gotta stay uh, diversified. For us, we kind of went into residential because it's a hot ticket market right now with the, uh, especially single uh, home, um, uh, residential where people are buying and selling a lot because the market's so down with the uh, the rates. So just a different style of, I guess, surveying. We just moved it on over to what's hot right now. So uh, I don't know, I guess uh, there's a rebound for everything. When one thing's slow, there's something else that's kind of hot usually in our market. So that's how we, we've seen it.
4: Yep. Yep. Good point. What do you think, Nate? Yeah. I mean, I, I have noticed in the past that it seems like after an election, there's a, a month or two hangover it seems like and then it doesn't really matter which side wins it that it always picks up at least a little bit yep
2: mm-hmm. so. yeah. just everybody's yeah. got an answer of what it's going to be yeah correct
4: yeah, yeah. And for as, sure you know as things kind of start shaking out on on how how that next administration's going to do things people start getting back to work
1: yeah yeah how about you ryan what do you think about them
2: uh, as far as when this thing all hit we got really slow right out of the gate and now we've kind of been the opposite of these guys because we're more at the beginning of the process, mm-hmm. whereas you guys are later in the, in the, the whole grand scheme of things. So yep. it got slow when all that happened cause we had already gotten everything done. So everybody was getting that wrapped up. Now there's this new wave. So as much as you guys are slow, I'm sure we're riding the high right now and then we'll hand it off to you guys to take off from there.
1: Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Um, so Nate, the uh, the day the accident occurred, the train derailment. What do you remember the date that was offhand? Just curious. I believe it was July
4: twenty eighth or 29th. July,
1: okay, all right. So on that day, I'm just really curious because I know you've been very involved with the project ever mm-hmm. since then. How did that
4: day start for you? It was pretty normal. I was uh, so when I'm in Phoenix, I stay over on the east side, and I was driving um, into work, which is over by Sky Harbor, and driving right past the lake and I see this huge column of smoke and recognize, oh, you know, that's that's the train bridge and I know who owns that train and, and uh, I know, you know, I know some stuff about this. Yep. So I got to the office and uh, called a buddy of mine who's an engineer within our firm. Uh, he works in the Midwest and he works for the, uh, a lot of his work is for the owner of that rail line and I told him I said, "Hey, wow, you know, one of the bridges is on fire. There's there's something going on with their train there." And so he started investigating it on his end and calling people that he knew. So hmm. that's kind of took consumed my morning at the first part cuz sure. it was it was such a big deal. Right, right, right. How about you, Aaron?
5: You know, I actually didn't see it till later on. I saw it in the news. And that was my my cue to like, "Hey, I need to go out there first thing in the morning." So that <laughs> was that was my morning. I saw it in the news later on in the day. I went, holy crap,
1: so. Yeah. Yeah, so you, uh, as soon as you saw it, you basically kind of mobilized and headed that way, huh?
5: Yeah, yeah, I had, a, I mean, th- that night, I started planning my flights. I got a hold of Jim Croom, you know, it's kind of texted back and forth, said, hey, I'll be, it's two minutes from Croom's house. So I, right. I texted, I'll be flying in the morning if you want to meet me, but. Uh, yeah, we went. You know, I already knew. I set my alarm. I, I had everything charging. Like I, I knew what I was doing as soon as I saw it.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of had a plan of attack in, uh, in mind. Yeah, it's no more than two, two and a half
3: miles away from here. And the second I stepped outside, you could smell the, the burning wood, in the air just as I was walking, um, the dog in the morning. So I knew exactly. I pulled out my phone, and you look up and you can see the entire column. So I was probably what six thirty, or so, maybe yeah, six I closer to that, six.
4: Yeah, so I believe. Uh, the accident happened right about 6 a.m. Yeah. I saw it probably at 6.15. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow.
1: And the thing that's, you know, that for anybody that's listening, you know, just Google it and you'll be able to see what we're talking about to get a better picture of it. But there were a number of cars that, you know, fell off the bridge that contained like some toxic materials and liquids and hazmat type stuff, right?
4: Yes, there was. They they did bring hazmat teams out because there was some, uh, some chemicals in, in a few of the cars.
1: Yeah, for, unfortunately, they didn't like bust open and cause a uh, like a really bad situation. No. Um, so, uh, so Aaron, what did you do? I know you went out there and you you did you did some drone work, right? Or right. you did some mapping. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about you know the processes that you went through as far as when you got on site.
5: Uh, you know, that's kind of a tricky area because it's it's right where Sky Harbor the planes come in. Yeah. So we're limited to a 100 foot ceiling. <clears throat> for, uh, for how high we can fly. So that was already my first limitation. Uh, that particular day, I flew it twice, actually. I went the first day after and then the third day after. Uh, and the planes were taking off the second time. It made it much easier because they're going away from us. But coming in, you know, there's a couple times I actually had to bring it down to water level, let the planes land, and then come back up. And then we also had the news was out there. Everything was taped off. You can only fly from certain areas. Then uh, right when I first got out there, Phoenix Fire Department was out there with their helicopter getting their photos and stuff. So they obviously had the right-of-way for any of that. So we sat and waited. They left. I had my flight plan filed, but they they have the right-of-way anytime, hmm. uh, especially in emergency situation. So then when they left, we put it back up. I got about a quarter of the images that I wanted to get, and they came back. So we were done for the day, and I went back and got the images a couple of days later that I, I really wanted. But we got a lot of good stuff in the first day, and that was, you know, for us. It's It's really tight airspace, hmm. a lot going on, a lot of electrical wires, you know, a lot of people around, just a lot of stuff happening while you're flying. And I literally got first saved in 13 minutes and I can probably rattle off 50 things that happened in that 13 minutes that were just a little um, bit different than your, your normal drone flight. So but yeah, that's uh,
2: so as soon as you saw this happening and you were like, okay, I'm going to mobilize and get out there, you make your flight plan and file it with the FAA right away. And then yeah. how long does it take uh, them to give you approval?
5: 30 seconds, if that.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, really? So it's completely wow. different than the old days of, you know, yeah. whopping six months to a year ago.
5: A couple years ago, it was about six months, and uh, now it's almost instantaneous. I've been denied a few times, but, you know, I've been through the quirks of, oh, it doesn't recognize my profile. Sign out, sign back in, they give it to you. But, you know, almost every time we've gotten approval, if we stay within the parameters they set that you can fly in that area. So,
1: so you as a, as a drone pilot, do you have to have certain – like i guess pre-approval or certification of some sort to even apply to fly in that airspace yes. or can anybody that, I mean, can anybody do it I mean,
5: from a rational standpoint there was actually a lady there flying her recreation on there that you know she doesn't post on the internet doesn't sell them that you know i'm sure it's fine if it's her own, her own personal reasons but <clears throat> us with the company and insurance you know all that stuff like we are by the book so yeah we, we had three or four different piece you know, things that we implement that we do right off the bat to make sure we're compliant and you know i went and talked to Tempe city of tempe police while i was there they were flying their drone after us and i actually talked to the drone pilot and he said oh yeah do whatever you got to do you know it's your, your space right now and he, he he wasn't flying at that time but had he gone up i would have brought mine down just so they had you know they had airspace but um, yeah we went through all the all the, the steps and and checked off the list to make sure we were fully compliant so
1: I'm and picturing like this total chaotic scene with like planes <laughs> and helicopters and drones all over the place. You know? Funny <laughs> enough, you know, I had a,
5: I oftentimes don't get a visual observer. Someone is next to me, helping me out. And uh, again, Jim Crew, I'm sorry to keep mentioning, but he was standing next to me and his little cues, he flies every day. So he just go plain, real quiet. And I knew to look and his cues. I mean, he, he must've cued me about eight times of bring it down or move it out of the way. And I, and I think that really, really helped, but it really was just like a,
2: so much going on in that twelve, thirteen-minute span. Wow. Uh,
5: it, was, it was pretty, pretty insane. So.
2: Now, something like that, you run into the hobbyist, the non-professionals, not selling anything like that. On a normal basis, when you're just out flying for whatever work-related purposes, do you run into a lot of other people flying drones, or is that just at something like that?
5: I don't. Uh, I, I. Would think there'd be more people out there flying but we I really don't run into a lot of people flying drones I get a lot of people at the parks flying the ones where they're looking in the, the goggles and they're flying for racing but I, I truly don't meet a lot of surveyors that are flying for the purposes of you know mapping and what we do uh, they're they're kind of lone soldiers that just kind of do their thing and, and most times I'm on a site you don't even know I'm there you see a drone for two seconds and I'm out you know and so uh, yeah we don't I don't have a lot of inter- interaction with the other pilots right now except for LinkedIn. I mean that's really the big thing bread and butter for how we all communicate
1: what we're doing so sure so nate you and the in the wilson team you guys had boots on the ground like from day one essentially right and like every day until the new bridge was put into place correct correct so tell us a little bit just kind of walk us through what uh you know what your involvement was out there
4: well this uh so this accident happened on a wednesday morning by wednesday afternoon i knew we were going to have boots on the ground we were going to have a crew out there on thursday morning the next morning and um i actually did see Aaron's drone i didn't know it was him at the time but i did see <laughs> it flying around yeah uh, so our our first uh first thing we did we showed up and the timbers were still smoldering on the bridge and they were Let still... me let me ask you
1: a question about that cuz i'm still trying to
4: figure out how was like the entire bridge on fire like all
1: the, the ties and stuff on the bridge how did that catch on fire Was that sparks or
4: something from the train coming to a complete like a sudden stop i mean it,
1: like how was the bridge on fire?
4: That I don't know. I do not have an answer for that. I believe that is still being looked into by oh, really? authorities. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Are we going down the rabbit hole of like well, steel no, I,
2: doesn't I already... burn from jet fuel and <laughs> we haven't landed on the moon? Are we doing this?
1: Don't get me going on the moon.
5: This will go to the side of that thing in slow motion.
1: I'm sorry, Nate. Go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. So the uh, the next day, Thursday morning, we were out there bright and early, and. uh you know, our, my first impression of the whole thing was we've got a small section of bridge that collapsed. We'll set up some control here and we'll collect the information needed. We're going to be out of here in a day or two. <laughs> and it, it really morphed into a, a, a big project, turned into, it was two weeks, Wow, constant. And uh, very, very intense. That, that chaos that Aaron was describing with the flight, kind of described the Pretty much the entire two weeks. Almost Can't the entire imagine. two weeks.
1: Yeah. Were you primarily doing, like, scanning work then? Were you scanning, like, at the progress of... Uh
4: so our role was support for uh, assessment of the damage, hmm. uh, location of the, the existing good features that are still there, and then we also did construction staking for all the new work that was done. Gotcha. And what they ended up doing, they ended up replacing 450 feet of, of bridge, They brand new bridge. Um, this is all on the south side of the, the lake. Yeah. And then, um, as you mentioned, the uh, halfway across the lake was completely on fire. And so that destroyed all, those, um, all that railroad track. And they ended up replacing all the railroad tracks completely across the lake all the way across all the way across oh my gosh in two weeks time in two weeks time well actually they did that in 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 a week wow uh so we um and then on the south side uh so where the old timber bridge was they took that out and that was replaced that was part of the 450 feet but south of there they also uh, realigned well not really realigned they readjusted the elevation of the tracks they did what they call a track raise so it would better, so the elevation of the track would better match in with uh, what, what they oh, had yeah. coming off the bridge. Right. So um, yeah, we had uh, 1,100 feet of track replacement going across the lake and then about 400 feet of track raise. So you put it all together, we had almost 1,900 feet Jeez, of, crazy. of track mm-hmm. area that we were working on and it was really in four different job sites. Wow. Is how, what we were trying to cover. So it
1: was obviously like a really fluid situation um, in 24-hour effort, I'm assuming?
4: Yes. We ran, uh, we'd run two shifts, two 12-hour shifts. So we were out there 24 hours a day supporting that. Um, there were a lot of things that came up uh, that, you know, as I said, it, it, the job kind of morphed as we went along. So we started out, we surveyed the the initial accident area and then... They needed a little bit of bridge, and then they decided they needed the track and uh, there's a big curve on the south side of the or i 'm sorry on the north side of the mm-hmm. lake well, so they had to figure out well we 're replacing all this track that 's been it 's gone we don 't know where it was, so yeah. we need to figure out how we can uh, match into that so we overall we ended up surveying probably well, it was, om- it was over 4,000 feet. It was almost close to a mile worth of track so that they could get the new alignment figured mm. out. Wow. Um, and this is all stuff that would just happen. I'd get a phone call. Hey, I don't know where you are, but you need to go over here and start looking, you know, start collecting this information. And we'd be halfway through that. And then it's like, I don't know where you are, but you need to get back over to this other area and give us this information. <laughs> wow. Um, and it, it was like that for the first, uh, three or four days. We just we couldn't hardly finish one job before we were being pulled on to another aspect um, we were running two crews pretty much yeah. full time during the day and then one crew at night oh my gosh so
1: was there like i'm curious i mean I, again i'm just picking i'm picturing complete chaos you know when something like that happens um <clears throat> is there like one guy um, that becomes like the, I don't know, the project superintendent, you know, it's like this guy is making the call and he's the guy that you report to. Is that kind of how, how it went? Are you getting like requests and direction from, you know, multiple people? The simple
4: answer is yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we did have one Mm. contact when we showed up and, Mm. and he was our primary contact. Um, he could not be there 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, um, you know he tried in the beginning, uh, right. but he needed help uh, but even with um, him being the main guy, we were still getting a lot of people coming up to us asking for stuff and and telling us how important that was uh, for them at that moment um, I also want to say our our engineering team in in the midwest was was very involved with this as well they they did the track alignment the track raise, and then uh, Designed the supports Just for the on new the fly bridge. right basically. and they were doing this on the fly so they were taking information uh that we were collecting and as kent as you know with our hotspots and data collectors you can send that information minutes after you have it yeah mm-hmm. and so we were sending that to them and you know an hour later we would get updated information and we would go out and and start laying some of this stuff out or they would analyze that and let us know we need more information wow. that, in the beginning, that was a common theme. We need more information, we need more information,
1: yep. so did you guys have like structural engineers involved with this, this very thing? much Yes. Yeah. yeah so
2: were the Crazy. the engineering crews or employees running twenty four hours as well, or yeah, just, so just you guys out there working My hard? main
4: guy, Brandon Buckman, in the midwest he uh, he was with us pretty much all the time whenever we needed. I could call him in the middle of the night if I had to. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sometimes he was calling me in the middle of the night. But.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of a, and you hate for it to happen this way, but it's kind of like a once-in-a-lifetime project to work on. You know, I highly doubt you're going to work on another project like that. Hopefully you know? <laughs> It's pretty
4: unique. You know, we have a, a good relationship with this railroad client, and so we do often get called out on these emergency situations. Yeah. This one was a bigger one than normal. This yeah, one right. turned into being a big deal, uh, especially for uh, for the railroad because they don't normally have to do this much bridge replacement.
1: Yeah, um, man, it's so that, was, that was no young bridge either. Well, 1912, right, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, 108 years old. Like 108 years old? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I guess we probably should get into it, but it's my understanding that it was just inspected, like, I don't know, eight days prior or something like that. But it's inspected on a regular basis and has passed, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't continue to run trains over it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, Aaron, so you mentioned – you know, you had like I don't know a list of like thirteen things that were challenges for you when you were out there doing your uh, your drone work. Um, you don't need to list all thirteen things, but I am curious about what unique challenges you may have faced out there.
5: Uh, you know, I carry uh, three cell phones with me at all times. I've got you know four, five, six drone batteries. Uh, you know, one of the major ones was where I where I met up with Chrome. Um, was under the bridge over by Marquee Feeder, and there really was no room to relocate. It was such, you know, again, go, go, go type scenario that if I tried to figure out where I was gonna go, I was gonna all of a sudden lose my lighting. And actually the sun did play a lot into that. So that's another big one with it shining off the lake. You know, you lose a lot of photogrammetry, uh, resolution and accuracy just on that alone. Uh, the spikes I had in the, in the, the lake from uh, the 3D work that we did, I had to cut out. It was fun to, to look. I knew it was going to be there, but it was, it was pretty intense with the sun being there shining right off it. But So I had to take off from under a bridge, uh, fly it out. I had uh, the huge power lines right there, right next mm-hmm. to me, 60, 70 feet high. So I had to get over those and go around, keep an eye on it the whole time. Now, that is important because it affects your home point. So when your battery starts to run low... Now, all of a sudden, it's coming home to where I'm at under the bridge, which was a freeway. So I had to be very cognizant of, like, where I was at, how far away, what battery could last, you know, what 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 I had to do to take over if I needed to, if anything should happen. But uh, that was that's probably five or six of the main ones right there. of just, you know, constant awareness of what could happen. And, I, and it, knock on wood, I've yet to crash a drone yet, but tons of times I've had planes come in my airspace. I've lost lock on the drone and it started to float away. I mean, I've had tons of issues happened that thankfully we've been able to recover and figure it out and get back home safely. So, uh, yeah.
1: so you actually piloted the mission from the north side of the lake, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah. I watched the news. I didn't really know where it was at. I watched the news and I'm backwards on the news. You know, I just kind of saw it so quick. Uh, so I did a little research you know, watching, watching news videos, but I didn't really map out. I didn't really know the damage was at the bridge part, you know, mm. so I'm, I actually was going to fly the whole bridge, which I did. And when I got over the area, I'm looking at my little phone in the sun, trying to figure out what's going on over there. I saw all the damage I'm went, Holy crap. So I had to quickly start getting video and and photos over there because that was just totally different spot where the major damage was from what I saw in the news Uh, with everything burned in the middle. That was all just now one car with wood in it. And this now major part when I got there was the bridge collapse with the, you know, the cars were all over the place. And like, it was a really cool shot. And again, like you said, once in a lifetime kind of thing that was the that was the exact you know thought going through my head at that, that moment was, get what you can it doesn't matter if you know it's blurry or you miss but just i was just clicking away as many times as i get a picture i was so
1: yeah yeah I mean, i've seen some of the like the animation stuff you created in that type thing which is really really impressive what um so like what type what type of equipment did you use you know what type type of drone and camera and stuff like that did you use
5: so I've got a Mavic 2 Pro, um, and then just a cell phone that I run with. And then we use Drone Deploy to upload everything. Um, we utilize Google Earth a lot for our lat longs for GCPs, and we need them for just horizontals. Uh, but everything maps in really nicely and goes in and into Autodesk, and Civil 3D, and InfraWorks, and Recap, and Reddit, all those tools that just blocked right in at state plane coordinates. Um, so that was kind of how we utilize it. We just did a couple of double checks to make sure in the right spot. and. Uh, uh, that's the equipment we use, just Mavic 2 Pro. Now, I do have a couple of other drones that aren't, you can't use the apps for them yet, uh, like the new Mavic Air 2. Uh, but again, from a for, for $2,000, what we get out of that little drone, out of 25 megapixel, one inch sensor, it is incredible. Incredible what we get. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, used to be 50 grand. Now it's two grand. And, and I just got to throw Amazing. in real quick, too, Nate, the effort you guys did, I've worked for a few big firms. And to be able to mobilize and pull that off and do it is such, such an effort with hundreds of people involved. And to know that you went state to state and using technology with that, you know, by the minute you're sending data, like that's where we're at. Uh, I kind of wanted to joke with, you know, don't tell people you're doing that because now they're going to expect it. But (laughs) uh, I really do got to give kudos to the Wilson team because you guys are incredible with what you guys did out there.
4: Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. no
1: doubt. What Kind of on that same note, Nate, what – Like, what challenges did you guys, did you guys encounter? I'm sure, you know, you didn't have much time to really plan the mission in your case. um, And you kind of had to adapt on the fly. But, you know, whether I'm curious about like safety procedures, you know, how did they, I'm sure there was a site specific, you know, safety requirement that had to be had to be followed very strictly. And, you know, such a sensitive area. Tell, Tell us a little bit about that.
4: Yeah, well, uh, working for the railroads, they are very strict on safety and they have very specific requirements for your, your clothing, your PPE, and, and how you operate. Uh, so we were used to that, so we were already prepared. I mean, we showed up with, with everything that we needed, and as well as all our trainings and so forth, we were all badged appropriately. So we really could go anywhere and do anything we wanted on the site. Hmm. Uh, as far as safety goes, safety was a big deal. It was very hot those couple of mm. weeks, well actually it still is very <laughs> hot, <but> it's always <laughs> hot <yeah>. here. <laughs> but uh. During those couple of weeks it was it was just very hot and we were running 24 hours a day and mm. uh all the crews were everybody was, you know, every crew out there, every contractor was working 24 hours a day and the railroad did a great job, especially uh, during the peak of this whole thing. They there were ice chests all over the site, and there was water and Gatorade and and other uh, drinks in there, and and ice. And there were uh, machines with ice, so you could go get ice if you had your own ice chest. Uh, so hydration was a was a huge huge one. Mm-hmm. Uh, pushed that on well, I didn't really have to push that on any of my guys. They all know, they work here, they <laughs> they they get it. Uh, but you would. You know during that time i don't think you'd walk by an ice chest without grabbing something out of it just Mm -hmm. because you know you're just constantly trying to rehydrate yep and the other uh thing was is watching out for your your buddy watching out for the person you were working with that was something we emphasized Um, again we're used to working in in um, on these types of projects Um, not quite this intense for this length but uh, it was constantly keep looking around if your buddy's down you know hammering nails on the ground or trying to find a a point or dig something out you're looking around we had cranes constantly uh, swinging things overhead moving pieces of equipment moving supplies hauling in uh, new pieces of the bridge and that kind of stuff it was just there were loaders moving around and uh, man lifts and forklifts and it was just it was just a constant uh, constant movement on that site so you always had to uh, really be aware but it was also a very collaborative site i would say i mean i was impressed with how well everybody worked together uh, i'm sure you, well, you've worked on construction sites you know you get the eye of the the operator before you walk by their yep. piece of equipment yep and they were always looking out for us too. So you'd look up and they were looking at you and you could say, all right, yeah, we've got that communication. And then you could move around the site. And yep. so it was good. I think everybody was new. It was uh, intense and fast paced, but we were also trying to be very safe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was, um, um, you know, what about like the hazmat portion of it? Cause I, uh, you know, I'm sure there had to be like a stand down period when, you know, they were trying to figure out what was in those those tanker cars and, you know, how um, how bad it could be, you know, if some of those materials got out. I mean, that, that had to be a bit of a challenge as well, or a concern, I should say.
4: Yeah, so they, they did isolate those pretty quickly, and they moved those off to another part of the, the site. Uh, there was one night, uh, this was early on, I do remember, we had to move away because they were pumping out of those cars that were sitting there. They were pumping those into other containers. Uh, the hazmat crew was there, the fire department, and and they had their uh, all their precautions in place. But we we actually had to leave the area for where we were working because they didn't want anything to happen. Yeah, I'm sure.
2: And over the course of this entire project, this was an accident-free site the whole time.
4: I believe that there was one or two people that had some heat-related. Um, nothing major just, nothing just major. okay nothing major. just yeah, yeah he
2: Other
5: from wilson's standpoint but they did have the two employees that two workers that had the gas
4: explode in their face they had oh anger. yeah i did hear about that that's yeah. right i heard about that yeah that wasn't our people but yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> i think they were they were pumping out of two of the cars right i think so yeah that, yeah. that
4: was where we had left yeah Got yeah safety
1: free from wilson's
3: standpoint but somebody
5: down the line yeah. that gap
1: so Nate, did you like, I'm just curious, was there like a final deliverable? Like now that the bridge is back in place, are you guys going to go out there? Or did you go out there and like scan the entire thing? Um, how, how did you, how did you, sh- you know, shut the book on the project?
4: So we did go out afterwards uh, a couple days after they ran the first train across, which was two weeks to the day. It's crazy. Uh, okay. we did go out and do an as built survey of the bridge, uh, underneath, we already knew where everything was up on top. Uh, and we we did a scan from, uh, so we the engineering crew can put together a, a good as-built plan of what's actually there. For me personally, I think the real deliverable was when we, uh, so we were building this bridge from multiple locations. We were building from the north to the south, across the lake, mm-hmm. and one of the main challenges that we had was control. Uh, the first day I said home, oh, you know, here's where we're gonna have our control. I set out a great control network and we got started. Well, by day two, that was gone. Uh, Those were ripped out. So that created a big challenge in in maintaining control through the whole project and pretty much kept me up for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But we, so we built across the lake, we built from the existing bridge south, we built from the south to the north. So we had all these pieces that had to come together and fit and when that last piece dropped in place, and it was right on—I mean, it was within a hundredth of where we wanted it to be—I was it's to me, awesome. that, to me, that was the deliverable right there. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're yeah. good."
2: Yeah. After, did you go home and sleep for like two days straight after that? <laughs> like, drink
1: drink a bunch of beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, how about, so. Aaron, I'm just curious: Have you flown it since it's been complete?
5: uh you know funny enough i haven't now now that you guys talk about it, <laughs> it oops sorry, it's without, um i have not
1: yeah it would be i mean i think it'd be kind of cool you know if like you could go fly and somehow incorporate you know your imagery with nate's yeah. deliverable his scan and all that information i think you guys come up with a really cool uh like product now that, I,
5: now that i know i didn't know they were that far along i mean just hearing the timelines and milestones it's like pretty amazing that you know it's already running uh i did get some cool shots with uh the uh, light rail behind it running as oh, it's yeah. all and everything yeah uh but yeah i definitely gonna have back in few days so you know heat heat uh allowing me to i uh, i'll definitely share with everybody and just give you a before and after and yeah
1: be cool. that'd be really really cool you guys should yeah. do like uh you know like a story for pob or something like that i think it's worthy of that for sure
4: there is some talk in the works about doing uh doing some stuff like this so yeah well, I'll i'll be in touch with aaron and we'll see what we can yeah. Probably see what we can come up with. Just uh, so everybody knows, yeah. we got them first. Yeah. <laughs> we made the
2: connection. <laughs>
1: oh, that's great. That's great. So before we, uh, you know, start to kind of wind down here just a little bit, um, you know, accident surveys in general... You know they're performed all the time. You know you always see like when there's a fatal accident or almost every accident. You know there's a there's, you see on the news. You know these police officers surveying the accident scenes and you know those things are are done for probably a number of reasons. I'm sure for insurance purposes. You know attorneys, um, and just you know evidence for litigation cases. So I'm mean, pretty serious stuff. I mean I, this is off topic just a little bit, but not really, but. It drives me crazy when I see like a police officer out there with a total station survey and this stuff, or a scanner for that matter, because this stuff could end up in court a lot of times. In my opinion, that should be done by a, a licensed or a registered surveyor, or at least under the guidance of a registered surveyor, and I don't think that's the case all the time. I'm curious what your opinion is. Go ahead and you can go first, Aaron.
5: <laughs> you can see me laughing already, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree. I, I laugh all the time when I see them out there. One of them that, that drives, that kills me now is seeing them out there with GPS. And I'm like, we have laser scanners that are like yeah. a million times better, you know, drum, all that stuff. Like, that's the one that we're big city and we've got guys out there with, uh, you know, shooting 100 points when you can have a million. So that's the one that really I was laughing yep. about. Yep. All right. uh, I think the tough one, though, is being on call. You know, A, you have to witness those scenes as a surveyor and can you live with that? It's a tough one. Be, you had to be on call 24 7 so you know nighttime all that stuff it's it's a tough gig and so yep. i don't know i'm kind of on the fence of like you're right it will go to litigation but so that person i think if they were trained and under the direction of a surveyor you know maybe they are in-house and we don't know it you know somebody comes back and sees all the data. because i you know i have subs that go out and scan for me and bring it back and it's it's controlled and i can see my control points in my data set so I kind of go back and forth. I used to have the same thought of like, ah, I should be a surveyor. But then I I realized, like, I didn't want to go after that work because (laughs) because of how cool it is. So that was my thought on it. It's a, I don't know. I I don't, I guess I go either way on it, you know, to each their own for that one, but Start- I do agree with the quote litigation and, and the seriousness of it and, and really needed someone to verify the accuracy of what's going
1: on. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I I mean, I picture it like this, you know, the, the officers out there serving and it ends up in court and the whatever attorney's like, was that done under the... You know the guidance of a registered surveyor? No, it Shh. wasn't, sir. You're giving it's it all splits. away. You're giving <laughs> yeah. you're giving the tricks away. You got to sell Real that course. kind of uh, yeah.
2: advice. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, my my advice is just hire uh, Wilson because obviously they're uh, they're available twenty four seven. That's uh, it. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think, Nate?
4: I would love to say that it has to be done under a, a registered surveyor, but I I probably live too much in reality, and realize that you know the tools are out there to for people anybody to grab a hold of these tools they the advances that have been made in the software especially allow just about anybody to pick up a survey grade tool and go use it and we see this a lot on construction sites uh, I think it would be maybe a better middle ground to have a certification program for these officers that are performing these types of surveys that is taught by a land surveyor so they get the the instruction and, and they get the knowledge behind kind of why they're doing what they're doing so that they have something to stand on, so they have something to rely on. Yep, yeah, totally
1: agree. Go ahead, Jason Foos. You know, you want to do it. What? You don't make rules for tools? No rules for tools.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess my question with that whole thing is something like a car accident or something like that that they're investigating, How what kind of accuracy do they really? Need for I'm I'm not a lawyer I'm not a police officer I don't know like do they need it to a hundredth to make a railroad track fit or is it just hey we're recreating this in general yeah uh, you know it's a I good mean? question so yeah. that would, that would be my only kind of. I like Nate's idea, but definitely, I just don't know what accuracies they need for it.
1: Yeah, and it's like Aaron said. I mean, just go out there and set up a freaking scanner. You know, Mm -hmm. scan everything. You're going to have everything you need. Fly it, you know, with a drone. You're going to collect all that data
2: in minutes (laughs) and done. You're in and out. Then you can open the freeway so I can drive home safely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, screw your fatality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't need to close the
2: street for 24 hours.
1: Give Aaron like a
2: half an hour and we're good. Move no,
5: on. No, no, no. We're, we're even closer than that now. Now the BLK to go, it's a four-minute. You walk through with it. You actually can walk and just do it now. So yeah. there's no setups or anything. Unbelievable.
1: unbelievable. I, should,
2: I should never have traffic on the 101
5: again.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> no, I, I did hear something. I were getting a little bit off topic, but... Um, Something like, I don't know if it's the next version of the iPhone or the one after that is actually gonna have like a LiDAR scanner built into it. Oh, iPhone 12. Yep. Would that be, that's,
2: that's 12? The 12's coming out in like two months. Jake will have to I, get one. I saw
5: <laughs> yesterday yeah. on LinkedIn, a guy walked the block uh, somewhere over in the East Coast with his iPhone 12 that he secretly got with LiDAR. And it showed that it literally they got. Now what they missed, what happened was when they tried to close, like a LiDAR scanner without post processing, they had about seven feet of misclosure wow. around the block. So, you know, it's a give or take, but it's pretty amazing that an yeah. iPhone can
1: scan points. Yeah. It- insane incredible incredible oh, yeah man i'm gonna have to hold on yeah i was gonna say now you really have to hold off <laughs> yeah you can stick it out another two months can't you <laughs> i guess but, uh, apparently uh, i have to the iphone's gonna put shoots out of business that's fine
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'll have the iphone it'll be a new business
1: yeah there you go like shoots it. his iphone I that's, like that's
2: the company name don't trademark it it's mine
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've pretty much got through the stuff that I wanted to make sure we touched on. So I want to give you guys an opportunity to, you know, maybe add some final thoughts that you might have. So, Aaron, I'm going to let you go first.
5: Uh, well, I just want to say thank you guys for this opportunity. It's pretty awesome to, to be with some other professionals, especially in this time to, nice, <laughs> uh, in this time to, you know, talk to other people that are involved with this kind of stuff and actually, you know, talk the talk of survey and all that. So it's really cool to, to be on this. So, thank you guys. Uh, I guess my big kick for anyone that, that is listening out there, that's, you know, if you're Arizona or not Arizona, uh, I was lucky enough to uh, get scholarships and grants along the way for some of this stuff, especially local like APLS chapter. Uh, I had some great mentors growing up. Uh, and so I, I just, I'm, you know, with the drones and the scanning, the kids are nowadays really get into this stuff and virtual reality. And, you know, they, they see a future in surveying again uh, instead of pounding stakes all day long in the heat uh and so i just i implore everybody to go out oh that's the right word my wife would tell me but hope, I, I, hopefully everybody will go out and, and look for the resources of those grants and scholarships there's a ton a ton out there for surveyors that if they don't know where it's at you know have reach out to Kent. he'll reach out to me or nathan there's a ton of apprenticeships all kinds of resources to get into this stuff and you know like speaking of drones you could be a drone pilot in a week and up there flying and have a job out of it if you really wanted it it's, it's pretty quick to learn and, and a career if you wanted it so that's my mind and it leads back to your last episode uh adam mccartney one of my faves i uh, love working with that guy but yep. uh, definitely you know a lot of people that i went to school with watching them grow up and be the survey managers and the, and the big boys now it, it's pretty
1: cool to To see it all progress
5: and uh, you know they've all made careers out of it it's a really cool job and i love what i do and i think you know a lot of us do so
1: yeah no that's awesome i appreciate you adding that that's great what do you got nate
4: well i do would like to say thank you for this opportunity it's great to be on here i'm glad to i have hey, been on here twice now.
1: I think you're the first one,
2: right? He's the first double-duty guy.
1: Yeah. First uh, individual guest. I think we had somebody like maybe on a panel that mm. came in as a guest, but Nate, yeah, he's a he, nice. yeah, he's a, he's a trailblazer.
4: <laughs> he's, a, he's
2: a kind of a pioneer. Yeah, right. exactly. He's th- he's the doctor of survey. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I am. I am. I uh, just did
4: that last week. I had my big seminar last week. That was. Uh, that's awesome. Or not seminar, but talk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the big thing I'd like to say is a, is, is a huge thank you to my field crews, my field staff um, on this project. They, they were solid. And, you know, I had Jesse who was just I, – I leaned on him huge. Um, we used a lot of technology that I have kind of lost touch with, uh, with some of our the stuff that these guys are using in the field. But they know how to use it, and they were just amazing. Me and the client – and it was just, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was a safe site. We, we managed to do this whole work safely. And through the heat and the, the extra shifts and everything else, it was, uh, I just want to say a big thank you to all my, my field staff that helped out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably an opportunity to really kind of bond with them in a different way, you know, by, uh, you know,
4: everybody just you know, being a part of a project like that. Yeah, they probably saw sides of me they didn't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> oh, man. And it made the team stronger at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. the important
2: part.
1: Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, hey, thank you, guys. I, I enjoyed this. You. Um, again, you know adding value making friends that's that's our goal and objective and promoting the profession and another successful episode and uh you know kudos to you guys for uh for coming on and, and sharing your stories with us and, and uh we really appreciate it all right shoot Thank you got you, anything Ryan. else buddy
2: i think we covered it I'm, We're I'm good right i'm ready to go get some barbecue and
1: some pizza and some <laughs> hot dogs you know yep. all that let's talk all we, right. we got time let's do it my mind's over there now all right, right on. All right, well, let's uh, let's put a bow on this one. Check us out at uh, thegeaholics.com, Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn by searching The Geoholics. Download all our podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. Just surpassed 17,300 downloads, I believe. Appreciate each and every one of them. Please be sure to go on YouTube and subscribe to The Geoholics' YouTube page. Producer Jake says that's important. Email us at info at if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show. Ozzy Osborne, Crazy Train, appropriately enough, taking us out. Please support our friends of the program at Value Make Friends. Until next time, be safe and healthy, everybody.
2: Once again, thank you to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS. Find them at bad-elf.com. Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com. LiDAR News at LiDARnews.com. Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu surveying. UniFly, U-N-I-F-L-I. A-E-R-O. Diamondback Land Surveying at diamondbacklandsurveying.com. Advanced Geodetic Surveys at agsgps.com. Tiger Supplies at tigersupplies.com. Cyanic Automation at getjobbook.com. Safety Apparel, you can find them at safetyapparel.us. And finally, Get Kids Into Survey at getkidsintosurvey.com.